0: you have an Airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
1: chase thomas podcast. the chase thomas
0: podcast um my nephew needs me to record see i hate i already hate it i hate it All right, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Take Graphs here on the Chase Sons Podcast, your favorite Major League Baseball podcast each and every week on this very feed, where I'm still the aforementioned Chase Sons, coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, everything, school, HQ, up there in
1: New York City.
0: VanGraft's own John Taylor is here. VanGrafts.com, become a subscriber today if you are not already. There's no time like the present to support the good folks over there at Fangraphs.com, Fangraphs.com, become a subscriber. Today, John, how are you, sir? I'm
1: doing all right. I, I am sad. There is no more baseball. Baseball is officially over, mm. um, not just for this season, but also forever. Oh, uh, <laughs> wow. No, it's, the the day the day after a, a postseason ends is always kind of a tough one because you, you, you get into that rhythm of there's a game tonight, there's a game tonight, there's mm. a game tonight, or you know, you're just looking ahead, looking forward, and then all of a sudden it's, nope, we're done. See you in February. Which just like, just like that. And it's, you know, I feel like there needs to be some level of like baseball methadone to like, let me, you know, transition to get, to get me off the hard stuff, you know? And I know <laughs> Caribbean baseball is currently happening. Dominican winter league is, has already begun. I watched a clip of uh, Yermin and Mercedes taking, ha- hitting a grand slam off Hansel Robles. That was a nice, that was, it What's it's not the pure stuff, but it's a nice hit. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not but it's pure stuff. It, it It is that weird period right now where, you know, the baseball is gone and we can only wait for it to return. And I, I should say see you in February. It's spring training doesn't count as baseball to me. Spring training is stretching and pitcher fielding drills and guys wearing 84 on their back throwing to guys wearing 82 on their back. Like, you know, we're, we are we ain't talking real baseball till like April. So it is a I long... feel like Tommy
0: Hansen was like 87 one spring training for the Braves. I remember him... I swear he was wearing an 87. This is so useless that I have well, my brain I, I go I with this nonsense. I appreciate the guys who
1: keep the high numbers. Like, mm. I appreciate, you know, a guy like Alfredo Aceves using mm. the big high number. I, I think he had a, a high number uniform. Uh, yeah, number 91. Alfredo Aceves was also a little cuckoo in the head. But, um, yeah, it's 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 the long, cold winter ahead of us uh, to start this on a very positive note. But
0: Well, it's also, like, I remember... Um... I mean, here's the thing you, you're talking about, like, well, it's not really anything. It's just the high numbers uh, going into uh, going into spring ball. But early in February, college baseball starts in February, John Taylor, and it's cold. And Tennessee baseball always starts in the cold. So I'm always sitting in really cold temperatures as things get underway. But um, it's a nice little uh, back and forth because we'll talk about this in a second. Braves open up as the 2024 uh, World Series favorites uh, going into next year. And also, guess, John, John. Guess who's the, the favorite to, to win the SEC and also be maybe the best team in college baseball once again. Is it the Braves? Well, I mean college baseball. They can't oh. play college. But they is are the, the betting favorite it, for the major Braves? league baseball. Hmm? Is it the Braves? No, it's it's the Vols. <laughs> it's it's I, was, the Vols. I was trying to think like which would be more offensive if I said Vanderbilt or... That's the most offensive. That's Endosyn. Okay. Of good to too. know. Good to no. know. Good to know. No, so it's going to be a good year. Uh, I'm excited. Like, it's it's not easy, John Taylor, to win so much and go into uh 2024 where both of your teams are predicted or the betting favorites to uh to win the college world series or the major league baseball world series a lot of winning so much winning john taylor you're going to get tired of all the winning i'm i'm going to get tired of it but i'm really not cuz it's going to be fun uh, cuz both teams like to hit dingers all over the place but john taylor uh yes. before we get started in uh, our take graphs take of the week here don't forget folks you can check us out each and every week on this very feed every thursday on the podcast or we tape this every thursday going live every friday on the podcast front uh wait no i had it right we were just recording this on a different day because the World Series. Uh, was wrapping up uh last night so we moved it up a day just in case uh things uh concluded and they did so usually you'll get this every thursday in your podcast player feed on youtube for the full episodes and clips and all that good stuff youtube.com slash chase thomas podcast like and subscribe if you're watching us on youtube right now uh, first of all, thank you. And also make sure you hit that subscribe button and like button uh, right below and comment uh, below and, uh what you like about the show and all that good stuff. You can also email us at chasetomaspodcast at gmail.com for any of your email or MLB questions you might have for us. Anything of that note, you can uh, get in touch with us, uh, with, yeah, get in, touch with us uh, in that way and uh, all that good stuff. And then, of course, if you're an Apple podcast or Spotify listener, make sure you hit that pause button right now and leave this show a five-star rating and write us a review on uh, your preferred podcast player. It helps more than you know in helping this very show continue to grow. Your favorite, Take Graphs, Major League Baseball show here on the Chase Thomas podcast each and every week, all year long. Uh, John Taylor, your yes. Take Graphs take of the week.
1: Texas is as worthy a champion as we could get. Um, oh. Yeah, I feel like, you know, it, it, there, there's going to be... And, and the thing is, I I haven't seen much of any discussion about you know Texas being the World Series champion just because it it felt it felt like something when you watch this World Series like yeah they deserve to be here they deserve to win but you know I I made the point before and I guess I'll just repeat it it's like this team is this this team is pretty much the gold standard right now of what a successful baseball team looks like it's pretty much them in Atlanta and I think they've done it you know we've talked about it they've done it in different ways if only because Atlanta. Um, managed to assemble a core out of so many homegrown players, whereas Texas supplemented its core with the free agency. But I think it also shows just how important free agency still remains. Because mm. you know, for for I think I think if there's one major, I don't even want to call it criticism, but like one major I guess narrative that's kind of followed Texas throughout this is, is that you know that whole saw that they were bought, not built. Mm. Um, I particularly saw it among Astros fans after the LCS because they are nothing if not. Uh, Bunch of bald faced liars with stuff like this, but you know, in particular, when you have a team that did what Texas did, you know, in signing two guys in Corey Seager and Marcus Semien to three hundred million dollar deals, in signing Jacob Degrom to a hundred seventy five million dollar deal, and signing John Gray, Andrew Haney, Nathan Uvaldi, uh trading for Max Scherzer, which is something they only managed to do, or they managed to in part thanks to the to being willing to take on uh, the money that still owed Scherzer for next year, you know that. That I can see why that narrative exists. You know, the Texas bought its way to the World Series, but that's not the case because again, you look at, you know, yes, yeah, Seager, Semyon, uh, you know, Yavaldi, all obviously played a large role in the Rangers winning the World Series. Seager, obviously, the the, the World Series MVP. Yavaldi throughout the postseason was was terrific. Last night, um, six shutout despite putting roughly twenty five runners on base. Um, you know, Semyon with the home run that really iced it last night. And, and finish the series entirely. But you you look also at the core that they have acquired and developed, guys like Nate Lowe, guys like uh, uh, Evan Carter, guys like Jonah Heim, guys like Josh Young. Like This is what the Rangers did was take a look at what they had built with those guys, um, with those young guys in particular, and decide to themselves, hey, what we need now is to add... You know, They looked at that core and said they felt this is a team that's actually that can do this, but we need to add the expensive help to get them over the top. And that's just what they went out and did.
0: Mm. And
1: you now, none of that sounds controversial or should sound controversial, but it does feel like in nowadays in this era of Major League Baseball where so many teams seem to just find whatever excuse they can for, uh, you know, we don't really, now doesn't really feel like the the appropriate time to buy because we haven't maximized our contention window or, oh, but we're up against the luxury tax like. Look what happens when you do it right. Look what happens when you actually make the effort. And for all the people too who crapped on the Padres, who had to take out—it turns out that they got a fifty million dollar loan toward the end of the season just to make payroll. Uh, mm. Who crap on the Padres or the Mets, uh, as you know the example of? See, you can't buy your way to to a title. Um, which again, I don't want to say that's what Texas did, or better said, you can't just build a team that you know like that to win a title. Texas pretty much did. Texas mm. went out, did the work, made the moves. And look at what they got in exchange. You know, there is is more than one way to build a good contending team. It does not just have to be the tear it down and rebuild it from the dirt up model. You don't have to be the Orioles. You don't have to be the Astros and the Cubs from 10 years ago. You don't have to be, you know, whatever team, whatever franchise now is currently looking around and going, eh, just burn it all down. Mm. You know, spending money works. There's a reason free agency, you know, exists. And not just because it was basically illegal for... You know, to keep players on a team is essentially hostages, but there is value to free agency. And if you make the right moves, I, I, I cannot tell you how many times throughout this postseason I watched Corey Seager do something and thought to myself, thank God that the moment he hit the free agent market, the Yankees, for whatever reason, looked at this guy who was a dead-on perfect fit for every problem they had with their lineup and their roster defensively and offensively and said, oh, but he's going to be too expensive. Mm. Well, look what look what look what he's already brought the Rangers back into. This team was a 94 loss team last year, a 101 loss team the year before. And granted, Seeger was on that 94 loss team, but again, they looked and said, "No, if we make the right moves, if we keep pushing forward, if we keep, you know, if we keep investing, this will work." They mm. understood there are no half measures with this stuff. You have to go in and you have to build. You have to make you have to make tough decisions and you have to spend the money. And, you know, it has worked out. And I think, I will hope that more teams can take that lesson away from this World Series is that you don't just, you know, it's not just acquiring the prospects and hoping they work out. It's mm. not just, you know, it, 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 especially because with regards to Texas too, it's not just splashing the money and hoping that those guys will do all the work. You have to have both. You have to have the de- the player development side of things and in the willingness to spend on the financial side of things. The willingness to get involved in free agency and bring in big time free agents when they become available. You see it too with the Phillies. Like they went out and got Bryce Harper when nobody else wanted Bryce Harper for some reason. And all he's done in his time there is lead them to a World Series and the NLCS and back-to-back years, as well as make them a a relevant contender again. This stuff works. Signing, it feels kind of like it's the height of takery to say something that's like blindly obvious, but Signing really good players when they become available for just money is always a good idea. Always. Mm -hmm. It is never a bad idea. The the problems you run into, the bad idea is when you start signing guys who are not stars. You know, when you start, when you're, you're, essentially when you're, when you're, uh, your team building strategy is, well, we're not going to spend $300 million on Corey Seager what we will do is spend 140 million dollars on Javi Baez and then 80 million dollars on Eduardo Rodriguez and then four like that's where you start getting into trouble when you start trying to spread that or just just go get the best player just go get the really good players because they are worth it they pay for themselves uh, the the example that'll always be the one in my mind the go to would be the Yankees in 2009 who the offseason before gave CeCe Sabathia an enormous contract and marked to share an enormous contract to fill two of the biggest roster holes they had and then immediately went and won the World Series. There, these things work. It works when you do this stuff. You don't have to have some super complicated like 5D chess plan to like, assume your position. Just go out and get good players. Yeah. You know? And obviously it helps if you have a player development system like Texas's does. But then, then again, that's that's part of the point here too, is kudos to Texas for recognizing that the window was open that this was a good functional roster and that the, the step that was going to take them from contender to realistic champion was going out and spending the money on guys like Seager and Semien and Gray and Yavaldi, who actually can make a difference. And they did make a difference. You know, I'll, I'll include DeGrom there too, even though incredibly funny to me, this is how DeGrom wins his World Series ring is by doing absolutely nothing during the postseason and just like just being on the bench with a blown out elbow. Not his fault, obviously, no. but you know, again, go out, get the players, get the, like, this is how you make things work. It, it does not have to be more complicated than that. This is, at its core, a pretty simple game in that regard.
0: I think too, though, it's not like either of us picked the Rangers to win the AOS before the year. So no. I think there is some luck here where they kind of, of stumbled. It's almost like they kind of forced their way into their own luck. They created it by like uh, everything you just uh, laid out there is that I think they deserve a lot of credit for, Believing in some of the young guys they had, but also just kind of force of eating, uh, just spending and being active at the trade deadline, making mm-hmm. a Scherzer deal. But that over two years, they just kind of forced their way out of the gutter, you know?
1: Again, there, there are no half measures. They, yeah. they, they committed fully to, if we are going to be a contender... We need to overhaul this team. The yeah. team from two years Jerry ago. Jerry Depoto's
0: over there like, I don't know about that. Are you sure about that? He's just the one. with every <laughs> all-in move. Sure movie. about that. Yeah, that's
1: Jerry DePoto. Um, but it, it's worth noting the team from 2021, the 2021 Rangers that lost uh, 101 games. Very little, excuse me, or 102 games rather. Mm. Very little of that roster is left. It's Nathaniel Lowe. It's Adolis Garcia. It's Jonah Heim, who played only half that season. And it's Dane Dunning mm. and Josh Spores. Those are the only five guys from the 2021 Rangers. Again, two years ago, not a particularly long time in baseball who are still part of this roster. The Rangers front office and, and all kudos to Chris Young too, for, for being the architect of this uh, with an assist from John Daniels, who's no longer there, but who obviously in the, some of the moves he made, like drafting Josh Young um, and, and acquiring guys like Lowe and Haim and, uh, and Garcia. But, Kudos to him for recognizing that the roster needed to be improved and going full, full bore on it. Mm-hmm. Complete roster ton- turnover in two years, and the end result is a World Series. Because he's he smartly targeted, not just, you know, not just the guys who got through the player development system in, in Texas through their farm system. Not just the waiver acquisitions and DFAs and small trades they made. But also in seeing, hey, we do not have a, a functional shortstop on this roster. Yeah, the best shortstop available in free agency, and and this would be the winter after the twenty twenty one season, is Corey Seager. So let's go get Corey Seager. Again, it it just doesn't have to be that hard, and you can say it it shows too. Even a 102 lost team decided to make that to make that move. Decided that it was worth investing not just in the present but also the future because they saw the core of this roster was functional, and they also saw that they were not going to like that the when the best is available. You just go get the best, yeah. Because that's the that's how you get from bad to good. You go get the best players. Again, this is like a really. There's just not a take to say good bad teams turn into good teams by getting good players. But it really down. does feel bad around players, baseball like, there's some, kind of like yeah. there's some kind of like there's some kind of like would be wizardry of oh, but the way you actually get the best players is you. Or, or everyone wants to be the Braves. Everyone wants to be the Orioles. When it can just be a lot simpler than that, especially when you have to yeah. re- to remember too. The Braves and the Orioles are where they are. Because they got really lucky in a lot of regards, too. Similarly with the Astros 10 years ago. Similar with the Cubs. The Cubs would not be where they are if Chris Bryant had not fallen to them at number two in the draft in 2013, or what? Or I think that was year of draft. 2013, 2012, I can't remember. Mm. You know That was luck on their regard, that he did not go number one uh, instead of Mark Apple, or Mark Appel. Mm. I, I kind of like Mark Apple better, but it, it is Mark Appel.
0: Mm.
1: Point being, the Rangers saw what they needed to do and went Full. they committed fully to it, and the end result is a World Series. And I think that, more than anything, should be the takeaway for a lot of teams. No half measures. You know, no waiting around for a supposed win. Make your own window. Texas made its own window and has been rewarded for it. You know, I can think of, particularly uh, Baltimore stands out to me. I'm just going to keep hammering on the Orioles because they have the pieces that they can... Baltimore has the pieces to make this work. They have an, uh, an offseason where they can go out and splash the cash that they have. They, too, can do what Texas did. They can make this turnaround, too. Any mm-hmm. team that has a good player development system can make this turnaround, too. All it takes is the will to do it and the money to do it. And every owner in baseball has the money to do it.
0: I agree. So congratulations to the Texas Rangers yeah. 2023 World Champions. Uh, a f- now again, that, a, fitting,
1: yeah. a fitting champion. And I think, at least for me, ideologically, because these things matter, uh, mm. A champion I support because of, again, how they went about this, how they built this team. This is not a, a bought versus built. This was built by buying. You yeah. know, there is, there is such a thing.
0: Poor John Daniels.
1: I think, I think, and it's funny when, when, you, when you look at, like, I'll always think about, for example, like the 2018 Red Sox, you know, one of the best, mm. arguably the best Red Sox team I've ever seen in my lifetime, romped on the way to the World Series. Uh, obviously a Dave Dombrowski team, but a lot of the pieces for that team had been put in place by Ben Charrington, who got unceremoniously dumped on his ass about a year or so before because aside from the 2013 World Series, those teams really had done not much of anything. But I have to imagine even regardless, there has to be some small measure of like satisfaction in looking going, see, my guys could do it. If you're just given me the time. Yeah. But I, I guess that's ultimately what separates, you know, the, the, the good GMs from the other GMs is there's... Again, like like Dombrowski has shown, like Chris Young has shown, you have to have that willingness too to say, no, we've got to go get, we've got to just keep pushing to get better every single year. We cannot stay in place. We have to keep moving forward. Um, and I think, just speaking purely from my, my experience of watching those Ben Charrington Red Sox teams, there was not, I mean, a lot of that was just bad decisions on the likes of signing Ruzny Castillo, signing Pablo Sandoval, signing Hanley Ramirez. But it also just felt like there wasn't really that same willingness to push forward and to try to target the areas that were bad and be like, no, we're going to get better here. Yeah. And again, the Rangers saw the areas where they were bad and said, we're going to get better here. And they did.
0: So there you go. Texas Rangers 2023 World Series champions. Congrats to Chris Young and Bruce Bochy, who we didn't yeah. mention. One I mean, of the
1: greatest managers of our lifetime, if not ever.
0: Does he he's one of those who deserves credit for just like he's clearly a manager who moves the needle.
1: Yes, he is very much, and you can see, and that's another thing too, with Young clearly wanting that kind of manager mm. in Bochy, one of those Dusty Baker types who has that reputation of just being a, a good leader, a good, you know, manager of talent, a good personality guy, someone who very clearly gets full and and and, and total buy-in from his players. Um, yeah, Bochi is very clearly one of the best who's ever done this, at least in our era.
0: Yeah. So there you go. Bruce Bochy, Uh another World Series. And we talked about in the last few pods, why Texas is, uh, this is a sustainable thing. Uh, yes, in the very AL much so. For the next couple of years. So could we get Texas Braves next year? It's I, I don't
1: see why not. I mean, if you look at the current, you know, obviously free agency has yet to start teams. You have yet to start doing anything aside from some minor stuff here and there, like your Atlanta Braves re-signing uh, Joe Jimenez to an multi-year Pierce contract. Johnson. Pierce Johnson. They're going to bring the band back together. Yeah.
0: Um, well, you some know, of the we, band uh, still wait bad. and see on Charlie Morton and company. I'm I'm curious. There, there's some bigger fish, uh, no, bigger fish, fish, bigger fish to fry than uh, Jimenez and Johnson. But, you know, we'll
1: see. But uh, you look at the top of the AL pyramid, it, it really does feel like it's Texas. It's Houston. Yeah. It's Baltimore. And again, as we've talked about, it, it, I think it's also going to depend a lot on whether the Yankees and Blue Jays take this, take whatever steps they want to take going forward. If they, you know, do decide to get more involved in free agents or maybe not so much the Blue, Blue Jays definitely the Yankees. The Rays are obviously part of that too but you know within that group I, I think you have to say and and you know granted it's uh, there's recency bias to a certain degree because when you win the World Series by default you are the best team in baseball in that sense but it, it's hard not to look at the AL next year and go, well yeah Texas is if not the best team in, in the American League, very much one of the top three teams in the American League and very I can very easily see them. Pulling this all again next year. I mean, the, the big yeah. thing for them is is going to be figuring out, in particular, what do you do with the rotation? Do you bring back Jordan Montgomery? Um, do you I add? Think you kind of have like... to, right? I I think you do because the other option is well, then do you go out even bigger and and splash cash for someone like Aaron Nola or or Blake Snell or go really hard for someone like Yoshinobu Yamamoto? Which yeah, I, I don't really see Texas doing that, but uh, given how much money they've already sunk into guys like Seeger and Semyon and Degrom and whatnot, but. At the very least, you know, this is not a team also that is going to sit back this offseason and go, well, the work is done and do nothing. Hmm. I I very much expect to see Texas uh, actively involved in free agency, actively involved in trades, because, again, as we've seen from the last two years, this is not a front office willing to just sit back and hope that, you know, eventually the the, the playing field works out for them. They will they will make the moves needed to make their to make themselves better and to make to open that window and keep it open. So I, I fully expect to see them doing big things in the winter and, again, going into next season as one of the World Series, uh, one of the likely World Series teams, if not the AL's likeliest World Series team.
0: I don't disagree. Final thing on the World Series, we would be uh, remiss if uh, we did not mention uh, the Arizona Dimebacks, who had a great run. Mm -hmm. They come up just short, but, I mean, a great year uh, for the Dimebacks.
1: One one team's got to lose. That's just the reality.
0: Someone's got to lose. The Diamondbacks, unfortunately, lost. But in terms of what you saw over the course of this five-game series, John Taylor, what did uh, what did you see as to why, ultimately, the Diamondbacks were not able to pull off one final upset in the World Series?
1: I mean, I think the easy answer is just they stopped hitting. And mm. that really was the biggest issue, is the lineup just stopped producing. And that doesn't terribly surprise me when you look at the regular season statistics. Arizona finished 18th in the majors in WRC+, weighted runs Mm. created plus, at 97, just behind Cincinnati and a little ahead of the Yankees. You know, this was a league average offense for the large Mm. part. Compare that to Texas, which finished fourth in the league at a 114 WRC+. Um, You know, you you saw, I think it it obviously, the, the culmination was last night when the Diamondbacks kept putting runners on base, you know, two on, two on, bases loaded, you know, and just could not get that hit when necessary to drive those guys in. You know, some of that is just the vagaries of small samples and, and the bad luck of just one ball going an inch one way versus another. But again, this was a league average offense going into the postseason. It's worth remembering, too, that, you know, by the peripherals, this Diamondback team was a below 500 club, which is to take nothing away from what they did, the success they found in the postseason, the, the, how hot they got. Um, I, I do wonder, and, you know, the future will obviously, and what the Diamondbacks do in the future will will impact how we look back on them, obviously. But mm-hmm. it does feel, you know, in the sober light of day that this team is more akin to something like the 2007 Rockies getting ridiculously hot for one stretch of time. Although I should say, even in that, you know, the Rockies got unsustainably blisteringly hot. The Diamondbacks still, you know, they had to go the full seven games against Philadelphia. Um, you know, they they managed to, you know, they, they they still, you know, they still lost throughout the postseason. Mm. Obviously the big thing is, you know, they ran into a Dodger or they got to face uh, a, a Brewers team that was light on pitching, a Dodgers team that was light on pitching, um, the Phillies who had enough pitching almost got almost got ahead of them. It's still I, I still don't really fully understand how Philadelphia lost that series now that I think back to it. Yeah. Um and then they ran into a Texas team that had enough pitching, but I think the other side of it too for Arizona, and you saw it particularly in game four when they had to go to a bullpen game that more or less uh ended the series for them. They just did not have enough starting pitching, really, to to compete mm. fully. And granted, I don't know that Texas did either. Neither of these teams went more than three deep in their rotation. And in Texas's case, if Arizona had managed to push things past Game Five, you know, they were looking. The Rangers were looking at a very, very uncomfortable scenario in Game Seven, which would have been Max Scherzer's start, but obviously would not have been uh, because of his injury that forced him off the roster. But you know, more than anything though, I I think you you ch- you chalk it up to the hitting. You chalk it up to um to the lack of offense at a at a really key time i mean j- just pulling up uh just pulling up the numbers for the world series itself you know just what everybody hit just because i want to i want corbin carroll a 610 ops uh evan long evan longori doesn't really count uh Cattell Marte martay was such a huge part of what the what the Diamondbacks did just to get there 725 ops gabriel moreno 527 uh Alec Thomas, 524. Christian Walker, 729. The the Diamondbacks really only had two, let's call it three hot bats in the in the World Series. Uh Lords Guriel, Tommy Fam, and Emmanuel Rivera. And Rivera is only over five five at bats, so it doesn't really count. It really was just Guriel and Fam who were the offense throughout the World Series. You can't win when only two guys are hitting. That's just not possible. Yeah. Um so I think really it, you can chalk up the majority of what happened to the Diamondbacks with that. You know, their bats got cold at the worst possible time, but like I already noted, this was not a particularly good offense during the course of the season. It doesn't really surprise me that they, you know, you know that it didn't work out for them as it was. But again, like you said, kudos to Arizona for making it, for getting here. That's a lot of really good young players on that roster, a really good farm system. Another team, I think, that's in a position where all of the Rangers, obviously not the, not the same scenario as the Rangers two years ago or even a year ago, but another situation where you could say, look, we've got a really good core built up. It's an affordable core for a while. We've already got Corbin Carroll locked down pretty much through the rest of his, uh, the prime of his career. Let's go out and make the big moves now that we need to make to make this team even better. Mm. You know, And, it, and it, doesn't really, it doesn't really feel like with Arizona that a ton necessarily needs to happen for them to be, at the very least, consistent contenders in the National League. Yeah. I don't know if there's anything they can do to become the favorite in the National League West, given that the Dodgers are still there, given that... Yeah. The Padres are obviously going to be present, even though we don't really know how they're going to work financially, given that, uh, especially when it comes to Yamamoto, the Giants seem to be all in on trying to make him happen. Mm. Um, But at the same time, like, I can very easily see this Arizona team with the core it's got and with the right moves, with the right moves, rather, being there in this conversation, being a a contender again, being a playoff team again. And as they just showed, all it takes is one good hot streak in the postseason, all of a sudden you're in the World Series, you know? maybe you don't make it past that because well you just happen to run into a better team along the way but it certainly can be done and you know the chips might fall in your favor if you if you make just the right moves
0: for sure um i would say it's unlikely though next year i think it's the nl the top of the nl is just the firepower with the dodgers and the braves and the phillies and company we'll see what the it, cubs it's do like it's i just really tough i, I you, that's the part where it hurts if you're a diamondbacks fan is you just feel like you kind of were ahead of schedule you don't think you're going to be at the point where you can spend enough. We talked about you talk about the Giants and then the Padres. Obviously, we'll see um, even though there's some weird money stuff. Yeah, again, up here when, with when the you Padres, have to take out
1: a 50 million dollar loan at the end of the season to make yeah. payroll, I think you can be charitably described as not in a good financial situation.
0: Uh, what could it cost? Seven dollars. <laughs> um, John Taylor. Yes. The Braves open as the 2024 World Series favorites.
1: No surprises there.
0: What's the best reason as to why the Braves are going to win the World Series next year for you?
1: Because that lineup is presumably, and I'll, I'm going to double check just by looking through the roster, but that lineup's not going anywhere. And that no. lineup is the biggest reason. That lineup and Spencer Strider are the two biggest reasons why the Braves uh, did what they did this year. Mm-hmm. And neither of them is changing, I think, in any significant to any significant degree. You look at uh, the notable Braves free agents for next for this coming winter, or which I should say in the next couple days, as mm. you already mentioned, Charlie Morton. Uh, on top of that, you could add Eddie Rosario, Travis Darno, potentially Colin McHugh. Uh, potentially, I thought Darno pretty...
0: got locked up for next year. Didn't I'm he sorry, sign an extension? Darno, yeah, I think he has like one more. I thought he had he's one got more. a
1: team option for eight million dollars.
0: Yeah, I think which... they're gonna pick that up.
1: Yeah, I should say, when I say, uh, Free agents, I should note, Morton, Rosario, Darno, McHugh, and Yates all have uh, team options of some level or another. So Mm. there's a chance the Braves could just pick up all five and return pretty much the entirely exact roster as they did this season. The problem is Morton
0: can just retire, which is what he almost has done multiple times. And I
1: think, look, I think of those five guys, Morton is the least likely to return. Uh, I'd probably add Rosario to that list too, unless there's some real big clubhouse a bonus from him because he just yeah. ultimately does not grade out as a better as anything really other than an average player, given how de- bad he is defensively and the fact that you have to caddy him with a right-handed bat. But at the same time, you know, Travis Darnot is arguably the biggest loss of this lineup, and that's not yeah. nothing, because especially because Brian Snicker very clearly likes to have two catchers. He can just rotate in and out so he that...
0: He also uh, is uh, Max Fried's primary starter. So yeah,
1: yeah, he's he's the catcher for Max Fried. But, mm-hmm. like, for, at least for 2024 nothing with the Braves is changing to the degree that you know you would expect any you would expect them to be worse in any regard. Yeah. You know, the, the main question they have going forward is is you know, next year is Max Fried's last year under team control. You know, that is obviously going to be a big thing for them to figure out whether or not they're going to re-sign him long term. I doubt it for what it's worth, but there's a whole year between now and then to figure that out. But, you know, as I was saying, the lineup returns more or less intact. The rotation returns more or less intact. It's just a matter of whether or not Morton will be a part of it. And it's worth noting, too, this this Atlanta team won 104 games, was it? 105? Yes, 104. Getting, getting no more than, like, two months' work out of Freed. You know, who yeah. missed the great majority of the season. And Kyle Wright, um,
0: basically all gone... Oh yeah. yeah,
1: and then the bullpen itself also should return more or less intact. Jimenez has been re-signed. Pierce Johnson has been re-signed. I'm guessing they probably pick up one of those options on either McHugh or or Kirby Yates, given that both of them looked pretty good last year. Mm, so uh,
0: McHugh, I don't know. McHugh was rough down the stretch. I don't know if he gets fair. picked up.
1: I mean, he is he is 30. He is 36. He and Yates are both 36. So this is also a case where you can might say, "Eh, let's better to move on a year too early than a year too late," but at the same time. The bulk of this roster, and not just the bulk of this roster, but also the most important parts of this roster, all coming back next season. Mm. you know, with that, and you know I think especially when it comes to betting, the house is always risk averse. <laughs> it makes the most sense to look at a team that won a hundred plus games, the majority of the roster is returning and go, yeah, those are that that just makes the most sense, especially when there's yeah. not really a clear you know, number two challenger. You can argue it's Texas. You could argue it's a healthier Dodgers team, although we don't know what the Dodgers are going to look like fully next year, particularly because we're going to w- have to wait to see if Clayton Kershaw is going to decide to Max call it quits. Back. Uh, Max Muncy's back. Max Muncie is back. It feels like on his eighteenth short term <laughs> extension with mm-hmm. the Dodgers. Um, you know, maybe it'll be a team like Houston, although again we have to we have to see what Houston and and I I want to know because I I know we talked about Houston after the ALCS was over. One thing I do want to mention as part of what makes me a little wary about Houston going forward. That team doesn't seem to be on the same path and on the same process as the previous Houston, as the previous era in Houston. I think hmm. it's really, really notable that this now seems to be an entirely Jim Crane run operation. Yeah. Obviously, Dana Brown is there as the GM. Obviously, he has input and decision making <laughs> power. But really, I think you know the way we saw things play out with the the kind of internal battle between uh crane and and james click who was let go and now particularly also the dusty baker is stepping out is stepping away this is jim crane's team and i think if you're an astros fan that's probably not a great feeling because that means that the decisions are being made between him and jeff bagwell at like 2 a.m like Mm -hmm. on their third glass of scotch each like you know but regardless Houston is still obviously part of the uh, part of the power players of of major league baseball right now but yeah i i just can't really I, i I think it's also Atlanta, like I said, because I don't know who else you really would put it on, you know, Texas, you know, Houston, the Dodgers, I think Houston.
0: It's just I think Houston eventually saw like I think it, it ends and it's not like one of those things they just keep going, but I don't think they're there yet. Does it make sense where I yeah, think they I think... can get away with this kind of weird front office ownership thing just because there's still enough top level dudes on yes. this roster that they can survive this way a couple more years. But I think once the music stops, I think it's going to be pretty ugly in Houston.
1: Yeah. And of course, the big thing with Houston coming up is the extensions that they gave Jose Altuve and Alex yeah. Bregman are both running out after the end of next season. So the really, yeah. really big question for them and both those guys, uh, Altuve will be 34 by the end of the 2024 season. Bregman will have just turn 30. You know, they're going to have to decide how big a part of the future those guys are going to be to say nothing of that'll be Justin Verlander's last year. Uh, under guaranteed contract. He has a vesting option for 2025. I I don't know the details of it, but regardless, Mm. um, you know, they're going to next year is, is going to better said after next season, there will be a big pivot point for Houston because they're going to have to decide which way their future lies and whether or not Bregman and Altuve are part of it. And if not, well, how are they going to replace those two? Because those are two really, really key cogs of what they're doing. But, My guess is they
0: think that they're like the Oklahoma City Thunder of Major League Baseball where they can just like move on from you know how Sam Presti has uh, just he obviously drafted extremely well getting Westbrook Harden and Durant in succession like that Mm -hmm. and that was great and you had this great run and now he's drafting well all over again but like there was that long gap in between and you're like I just don't know if the Astros are going to be able to rebuild um, the best farm system and best overall baseball operation uh, it's, it's all over tough. again. Once and in, especially once again, it's,
1: it's it's tough if Jim Crane is the one in charge yeah. because he very clearly does not want to cede the authority. He, again, he nah. won the power struggle with James Click. He does not seem like a guy who's suddenly going to want to find the next James Click and empower them. To, it's pretty clear he wants to run the Astros. And so nah. I don't know how great I feel about uh a long time business executive type guy saying well now i'm in charge you know that's yeah that's how you get ted turner you know and that's not something whoa, that whoa, i whoa, think whoa, whoa, okay yeah it's not, it's not gonna be that bad whoa. it's not to it should not whoa, be that whoa. bad yeah but you know it, it does worry me a little if i'm an astros fan to think you know the golden days are probably done last year yeah. might be the might be the end of this particular era and it's been a good long one i, think, I think next
0: year is the end
1: i i i think next year is the end if only because i have a hard time seeing the entire band returning post 2024
0: i think altuve probably stays and i think bregman's gone my guess i think altuve just rides it out with the astros he just feels like an astros lifer
1: that does that does feel right to me but again that's i think the 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 concern there is that he is by far the older one yeah, and the one who physically at least seems less likely to hold up. I mean, Bregman's not exactly a. a but you're Hulk okay guy. with
0: that if you're Houston, right? If you're rebuilding and you have a conversation with Jose, where you're like, "Hey, can you be the bridge guy for the next four to five years?" And, and he might break. be okay with that. I mean, he's yeah. won
1: two World Championships there. He's he's mm. a he's on a path to the Hall of Fame if he can if he can keep the hitting up. Like they, he might like nothing more than the idea of just getting to enjoy his his yeah. sunset years with the team. So Zach green approach exactly, but. Um, at least going into 2024 no I, I think it makes perfect sense that it's Atlanta that is that is the betting favorite because again that that roster that was so good last year it's coming back in its entirety basically next year none other none of the other contenders I think can really say that to the same degree We'll see what free agency creates and I'm sure by the time spring training rolls around we'll have new challengers but at the very least in the in the immediate aftermath of the World Series yeah Atlanta feels like an easy choice to be the the World Series favorite for 24.
0: I'm just going to put a DBD before I see them sign a top of the line starter with Kyle Wright gone all next year. I don't think Morton's back and I don't. I just think this rotation like I wouldn't be surprised if AJ Smith Schauber was a dude for them in the rotation the back end but you saw uh, how the back of this rotation uh, with Elder and company looked towards the end of last year and it's just putting a lot on Max Fried and Spencer Strider to be the the linchpins all season long again next year. So I think I think they're going to have to be aggressive. I think you're going to have to see them go after Blake Snell. I think you're going to see have to see them go after a top of the line arm in free agency or via trade that they have not really done uh, to this point. And I, I just, I think you're going to need to do that. I think this postseason showed too that like you can obviously never have enough, but Kyle Wright being gone all next year I, and not an obvious replacement in the pipeline and Charlie Morton just being another year older, even if you get him back and Elder just being at number five at best. I just I don't see a way out of it when you have expectations this high to not invest a bunch of money into a big arm. I think you have to.
1: I think I think that makes sense. I think that's that's the one big weak spot for Atlanta right now is is the rotation beyond Strider and Fried. Mm.
0: Like Sonny Gray I think actually makes a lot of sense. For I
1: would say Mon- Montgomery is another guy that would probably make yeah. a lot of sense for Atlanta. Who, who really they don't need a number 1, they need a number 3. Yeah. And Sonny Gray, Jordan Montgomery, that that tier of arms is is I think comfortably where atlanta would be would be where atlanta would be most comfortable spending
0: Aaron noll would be great go f yourself move that
1: i mean yeah that would be a, a whole big you know what you know what <laughs> we're you know we are we are serious about to say nothing of how much it weakens your your in your biggest intra division rival but
0: god that'd be amazing that would be a great day uh, a great day on twitter where's he from oh he's from baton rouge
1: i was gonna say he's a louisiana boy
0: yeah it's not far no i mean
1: look if if you subscribe to the belief that the entirety of the South is Braves country, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, then yeah, then then Aranola fits perfectly with their with their general strategy.
0: I want to say New Orleans is the Mariners' farm system, isn't it? Uh,
1: New Orleans? No. the Do they still have a, a AAA team in New Orleans? They
0: did, though, didn't they? Am I misremembering that? I feel like they had the Mariners' AAA team at one point am i misremembering that who was it the new orleans baby cakes
1: the baby cakes are the marlins AAA affiliate
0: okay who is it maybe i was thinking maybe uh mariners hold on new orleans Mar. this is going to drive me nuts because i feel like i remember that growing up maryland's the oh, Zephyrs? Wow. Uh, let me see let's see this is great radio um, uh, this is this is
1: compelling and rich
0: i can't find it did i just make okay. that up in my head years ago you may have. Maybe um, I just saw Marlins years ago and I just misread it and saw it as, um... wait, the Travelers? Was that it? No. They, uh, no. no, Arkansas Travelers. No. So the,
1: the Baby Cakes, uh, which I, I I really, I don't almost don't want to talk about this anymore because I don't want to keep saying <laughs> the name Baby Cakes. Yeah, it's, um, it's tough. Have been the Marlins AAA affiliate since 2009. Before that, they were a Mets affiliate for a year, a Nationals affiliate for a year, They were an Astros affiliate for like seven or eight years and they started life as a Brewers affiliate for the first three or four years.
0: What am I doing? I could have sworn like I would have sworn the AAA team in New Orleans. I should also note that
1: the New Orleans Baby Cakes do not exist anymore. Do Uh, they not? They were they were relocated to Wichita at the end of the 2019 season. Oh no. So they're where they are the AA affiliate of the Minnesota Twins.
0: What's their new name?
1: The Winds the Wind Surge. Uh, I don't like that. It's one of the worst names I've ever heard in my life
0: yeah it's not great um, baby cakes I, is great
1: i don't believe there actually is a minor league baseball team in louisiana anymore Hmm. which is it's kind of surprising honestly i would have thought yeah. that there would still be something in there um
0: or somewhere in louisiana altogether like yeah Bar- that, I mean, that's
1: that yeah. that really is surprising generally or genuinely uh i guess well do the shreveport braves still exist no okay no that would have been the other option, I think. So yeah, there there is no there is no baseball in Louisiana. So if Aaron Nola instead of signing a contract wants to take his money <laughs> and bring professional baseball back to Nolens,
0: mm. to
1: Baton Rouge, well, I guess the thing is LSU baseball any good?
0: Yeah, they the they were. Oh, what they I, just, what, yeah, what um, the
1: hell am I talking about? It's literally Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeets They uh,
0: they had the best player, the best pitcher. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So what? Yeah. What I mean, do you mean minor league baseball?
1: Good at it. What do you need minor league baseball for in Louisiana
0: if you can just go to an LSU baseball game? I mean, it's actually top notch. Like they are big spenders. It's Tennessee and LSU; those are the two juggernauts these days. So there you go. Although Um, Tennessee
1: does have minor league baseball, so
0: well, you know, the Smokies, the AA affiliate for the Cubs, have been the Smokies in Sevierville, um, but they're moving to downtown Knox, like uh, not far from me. And you guys getting getting? uh, I would love to see the numbers for
1: attendance between uh, once the once the Smokies move to Knoxville between Mm. a volunteers game and a smokies game just to see because like you're you're basically given a choice of do you want to go see future professionals or future professionals
0: what you can't really miss either way well i'm i'm gonna go ahead and tell you it's gonna be be volunteers yeah no i I know i'm just saying like but i mean it will be top-notch it's fun like they got good turnout and i also just love minor league baseball games um they're just a lot of the best yeah it's a delight an absolute delight uh john taylor what can the good folks check out from you and the team over at fangraphs.com this week so as i've noted a couple times now that the season is over
1: now the world series is over free agency looms on the horizon which means our top 50 free agents for 2023-24 coming out uh within the next week or so obviously our number one i think everyone can probably guess who it's going to be but you know between shohei otani yamamoto uh Aaron Nola, Blake Snell, uh who's the number 1 hitter? That's actually kind of depressing to think about. Well, it's Otani, but yeah. Um, you know, we're we're going to we're going to rank them all. We're going to go through. We're going to have projections for the, where they're going to land, what their contracts going to be. Uh if you're interested in contributing to that by the way, we have crowdsource contract ballots mm. up on the site right now if you want to go and vote for how uh what kind of contract you think these guys are going to end up with. Always fun to see what the fans think, especially versus our uh, official prognostication. So mm-hmm. look for that within the next week. Uh, that's going to kick off the offseason for us. Beyond that, obviously, we'll do a little more wrap-up uh, from the World Series, from the postseason that's now ended. But from from here on out, we are in offseason mode. We are talking free agency. We are talking Hall of Fame. We are talking... Uh, well, it's mostly those two things. But, you know, we, we will be covering all of those things extensively. Also would like to note Fangraphs will be at the Winter Meetings this year in Nashville at Opryland, the uh billion square foot hotel. Cas- Is there a casino there? I'm just kind of assuming there's a casino there. Um I got an email about like cuz we all just booked our hotels and everything about what to do at Opryland that I haven't actually read, but the subject line was so much Christmas and that just kind of scared me already because it just makes me think there's going to be like a Santa's village there. And I don't know if I'm ready for that.
0: Oh, no, it's it's Christmas time. John Taylor. I don't it, know what you look, mean. November I, 1st I, is Christmas.
1: I am perpetually one of those people who would likes that the, there is a buffer between Halloween and Christmas. It's called Thanksgiving. No, even if we don't care about it. No, we don't have to get into Christmas right away. It's incorrect. Fine. Christmas, does a, Christmas gets an entire month to itself in December. No, it deserves two. Give it why, two. why does it deserve two why do we need more than two months why do we need it's more a than
0: delightful one? time like it's the it's, christmas it's lights alone
1: I, I am pro the christmas music's
0: good i am pro christmas generally
1: in terms mm-hmm. of you know the aesthetics and some of the music and uh the focus on uh commercialism and greed. yes love that stuff
0: we but do love that
1: I, it, oh, a month is fine we, we just we don't nah. the places that take their decorations down their Halloween decorations down and immediately shift into Christmas mode. No, don't stop that. Stop. No, that No, can't do it. It's wrong.
0: John, it's I would un-American. have my Christmas tree up all year. If I could,
1: I actually, I, I I can subscribe to, I like, I like Christmas trees. I really like Christmas trees. You just I don't know feel what good. It is about when you have
0: them. the lights off at night and it's late and you're just, Oh yeah. Or something. And, and, and yeah. the Christmas
1: trees on by itself. You're just like, mm. Ooh, that feels good. That's a, that's a good feeling. I will say that that is a good feeling, but, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll be, we'll be at winter meetings. Come watch me stare mesmerized at the giant Christmas lights display. I imagine we'll be up there and around. Go. Um, if you happen to be in Nashville and can somehow make your way into the Opryland, uh, if you recognize me, please do not approach me. But if you do approach me, uh, please do so with like, like you're approaching a grizzly bear, just like hands up, like just mm-hmm. saying very loudly, like I'm a, not a threat. I am not a threat. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Fangraphs, uh, we'll be doing all the off-season stuff. Uh, And as Chase was saying earlier, come on and join us as a subscriber. $10 a month or $60 a year. I got it right this time. I remember that it was $10 a month, but $60 a year. That's what got me all tripped up last time. That gets you ad-free browsing, plus a whole lot of other cool perks. And now is a great time to do it ahead of free agency and the Hall of Fame voting. Fangraphs, it's where good baseball happens, even when baseball
0: is not happening. There you go. John Taylor, always a pleasure. And I'll talk to you next week. Sounds good.
1: Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas podcast. Hell yeah.